yeah, it's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy, original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player value. Hosted by John Paul Hurley and Izzy Alcabas. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. I'm, I said podcast plural. I guess we have two now, right? Two in a row. So this is the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. (laughs) Multiple of them. I'm one of your hosts, John Paul Hurley. Joining me, Izzy the Pharaoh of Fantasy Alcafoss. I have not said that naming convention in Mm. maybe a year. Yeah, it's been a while. Do people still call you that out on the streets? Yeah. Yes, all the people call me at work and everything. They kind of leave you alone because they're like, oh, Pharaoh Pharaoh Fantasy. Pharaoh, yeah. That'd be cool if I could get like knight, like sir, like knighted. If I could be Pharaoh, that'd be, <laughs> <laughs> be sick. If you could get knighted, you it wouldn't be Pharaoh of fantasy. You'd be like the. You gotta get cameled. Yeah. The fantasy knights. We'd have like the most cheesiest website of all time. Like come to the fantasyknights.com, <laughs> and it's like when you like change the ranking settings, like swords appear to like uh, the loading screen to display brand new rankings. That wouldn't fit with the vibe, unfortunately. The the camel vibe, you know, and the pharaoh vibe. You could be the Knights of Camelot. Oh, yeah, Camelot. Interesting. Well, we got to work on the um, concept here. Um, well, that could be your Twitter, it could be your Twitter uh, name. So I'll, I'll give you that one for free. The other ones I charge for, for consul- oh, consultation fees. I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> can you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, you guys, the, we got an exciting show this week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I got to say, as we were talking about starting this, uh, this episode and talking about the topic of this one, I am reminded of Pete Overzet. And I'm not sure how many of our listeners have heard of him, but if you have not, find him on Twitter. He's actually out there in the, you know, pretty deeply entrenched into the fantasy football world. And I think he was, he did like comedy for a while, lots of different things. Anyway, Peter Overzet had a, um, Izzy, do you remember what I'm talking about? A like kind of like he was trolling the fantasy football industry uh, and like how podcasts are done. It's like the video starts off with him like um, back to the camera and he's like headbanging to like some pretty hard rap. And he turns around. He's got sunglasses on. The music kind of fades down after just completely bumping your ears off. And he goes, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fantasy football po- podcast. I'm your I'm your host. And he's like super mousy voice, and it's just the most hilarious like troll I've ever seen ever. And I, I don't want to go back to that. It was from like two years ago. That's pretty accurate. Um, and we're gonna talk about some players, and then we're also gonna my favorite targets. <laughs> and we're doing that today in honor of Peter Overzet. By the way, Izzy, more breaking news for those that were at the fantasy football convention in Canton, Ohio, a couple weeks ago. You may have noticed that there was uh, some silent auctions. That we had like a, a raffle for a an autographed Josh Allen football helmet. I don't know if it was game played or not. It was a football. Thanks for remembering. It was a football. Was it a football? It was. A football. It was a football. Yes, <laughs> it was football. <laughs> it's a great game worn football. It was a. <laughs> Josh Allen wore this football during the game. Uh, but also, our friends uh, down the way at Fantasy Cares were auctioning off silently uh, a couple of signed autographed jerseys and. The fabulous folks over at DynastyTradeCalculator.com have won an autographed Jalen Hurts jersey, Izzy. Did you know that? I had no idea. We won that. We, we put bids on the Justin Jefferson jersey uh, that was autographed, and we won the Jalen Hurts jersey. Interesting, huh? 
Can we air how much we spent on the Justin Jalen Hurts jersey? Well, I, I can. It's kind of a, a something that we're proud of. It's a, is it a good number? Did we get a great? What would you What would you guess uh, if you were on prices right? And this uh, autograph Jalen Hurts probably not game worn jersey is up for bids, and you're up against four other people, and you got to tr- come as close as you can without going over. Okay. So I do remember us putting money on Justin Jefferson at 350 and we ended up losing that. We yep. lost that one. So I'm guessing Justin Jefferson went for 400. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts went for 280. Damn. You went over. Um, I did go over. Shoot. Wow. It went for 250. You were quite close, but unfortunately in the game of prices right, when you go over you lose. Mm. 250, I think that's a great deal. It's a great deal. Yep. I mean, that, I mean uh, it is for charity, but it's still a good deal. Yeah, that doesn't hurt the bank account. No, it um, It's probably worth more than that. So if you're listening and you're super into Jalen Hurts and you want to buy an autographed Jalen Hurts jersey for 280 so we can make a $30 profit. Right. Speaking of profiting, this week on the Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast, this episode, we are going to talk about trade targets and maybe some guys that you can profit from, whether you're acquiring them, whether you're trading them away. Um, kind of talking about look, look we'll kind of like dig into our PNL here, our profit and loss report. Um, just to talk about some of these trade targets. Yeah, uh, Izzy, do you want to just jump right into it or do you want to talk more about some camels? Ugh. No, let's talk about trade targets. Let's talk about trade targets. So I think how this is gonna go, I'm gonna let Izzy kind of riff off on some of his favorite trade targets. Do you want to separate them by guys that you're targeting to trade away off your team or acquire how do you want to start i'm um, let me ask you let's split it up let's do uh um two separate sub segments these are guys that you're looking to acquire first so these are your buys your buy trade targets and yeah. then we'll kind of split out and do the sell trade targets all right i can get behind that so i'll start with let's go just down the line positionally and then you just tell me i guess we'll just have good dialogue here and you tell me what you think if you're also buying, we'll have a good dialogue. Yeah. yeah. So at quarterback, my buy is Desmond Ritter. So in, in Dynasty, you got you got like the the top eight or nine guys, and then there's this. I'd consider it the the no man's land where you have a bunch of good quarterbacks. But we already know how established they are. You're probably not going to get a top five season out of them. They're never going to be a, a, a QB one, a QB one overall, even a top five QB. You're looking at the the Tua's and the Daniel Joneses and the Kirk Cousinses and the Aaron Rodgers and the Jared Goffs and the Derek Carrs, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, Matt Stafford, even guys like Brock Purdy and Mac Jones. Like, there's a lot of guys there that are ahead of Desmond Ritter that. I would rather, in Superflex, I would rather take a chance on Desmond Ritter because I know that those other guys are just QB2s. And the odds are Desmond Ritter is likely no more than a QB2. But I would rather take a chance on a guy that has a team that is clearly invested in the offense. They drafted Bijan with a top 10 pick. They drafted um, Cal Pitts. With a top 10 pick. They drafted Drake London. Like you look at the Rodgers situation in Green Bay. It's like he had Rodgers and they just didn't support him 
with weapons like Joe Burrow got in Cincinnati, like Pat Mahomes, technically, he's gotten a lot of investment, maybe not high first round, like like Sky Moore was a late, you look at Clyde Edwards was a late first round, but they're at least trying to surround him with talent. Same thing with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. And then this is kind of happening. The only issue with Desmond Ritter is his draft capital, right? Amongst other things. But if Desmond Ritter was a second round pick, first round pick, that's a different story. That being said, before he came out, he was being talked about as a potential top 10 pick. He put Cincinnati on the map, and now he comes to the NFL, and the Atlanta Falcons don't put any investment into a quarterback outside of Taylor Heineke. And then you have weapons on offense. You have a top five offensive line. And like we saw with Case Keenum, we saw it with Nick Foles when they won the Super Bowl. We saw it with Case Keenum prior with the Vikings when they made a, when they made a run. If you surround an average quarterback with talent and a good offensive line, that average quarterback becomes a really solid, productive quarterback. And I can see that with Desmond Ritter. He's not known as a scrambler, but he ran in the four fives. He's what people would consider a game manager, but I think he's more of a leader. So he's got the buy-in of the Falcons. He's got the line. He's got the weapons. And he's being drafted and valued in the late 20s. And a lot of people consider him the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. The value there, the risk-reward factor on Desmond Ritter is massive. There's a massive outweigh on the reward. Like if I all I have to do is give up something in the Brock Purdy range, I'm doing that all day. And I have, you know, Brock Purdy's a fine quarterback, but I would rather take a chance on Desmond Ritter. Same thing with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback, fine quarterback, but I'd rather take a chance on Desmond Ritter. He's got the scrambling ability. I'll stop there. What are your thoughts on Desmond Ritter? Uh, big fan of Desmond Ritter and his potential. Uh, he's like my favorite kind of quarterback every year. I, I kind of like, um, I'm a sucker for the, these kind of guys. They've got like, uh, such high upside and like, just get, get kind of excited about him and his price. Um, and then like, I've been burned more often than not on those kind of guys though. Um, but of course I, I'm still a sucker. I'm still a sucker. I'm still a sucker for it. I think last year for me, it was like the you know, the last chance at Zach Wilson. So last chance, Zach, and just got burned really hard on that one. You know, um, Trubisky was one that I gave, I took a chance on and Josh Allen. So it's like, <laughs> there's quite the range of outcomes, you know, uh, yeah. I'm sure it's probably going to be something in the middle, but. And, and the thing is the Falcons have had nothing but unwavered support of Desmond Ritter. Yeah. The only people that have that unwavered support are maybe the Falcons fans. And then most of Twitter has zero faith in Desmond Ritter. And I get it. He's not the most accurate quarterback in all. But there's a lot of inaccurate quarterbacks in, in the NFL that are productive. We had this issue with Jalen Hurts where he was a second round pick. And there was very little faith that Jalen Hurts could make it because he was inaccurate. And I learned my lesson on Jalen Hurts. at this point. You take your chance on the upside. If a guy is mobile and he's got a team around him with a solid offensive line and weapons, you go after that player. Now, 
I don't. I'm not saying Desmond Ritter is Jalen Hurts, right? Or Lamar Jackson, yeah. Or he he has the speed. Like they have a different type of agility and speed. Desmond Ritter is a straight line guy, right? Um, I would say he's more of. Wait, did you just say he's a straight? He's a straight guy. Straight line guy. Thank you. Straight Thanks line. For... Okay, line got muted out. So yeah, I was you're really trying, confused, to, you're trying like, to get canceled we're... here. Um, yeah. He's a straight line guy. He's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not a, a Lamar Jackson. He's not a Kyler Murray. But even though he runs a faster forty than a Trevor Lawrence, I view him more or Justin Fields. Right? Justin Fields is also in that same class as the Kyler and Lamars. But I view him as more of that Trevor Lawrence. Deshaun Watson type of scrambler where he could get you 30, 40 yards in a game, 50 yards in a game every once in a while. But I don't see Desmond Ritter ever being a guy that's going to eclipse 100 yards. But you don't need him to. You just need him to be a guy that can add three or four points on the ground if he gets himself to commit to running the ball when things break down, which he has historically been a pocket passer. But if they can unlock that, because he has the speed, that is a high-end QB2, low-end QB1 potential. Like, there is nothing that is a red flag with Desmond Ritter when it comes to supporting cast and faith and support behind him from a franchise. And that's really all you need. Of course, talent is important. But like I said before, there's plenty of quarterbacks where the majority of Twitter thought wouldn't make it. And they did. Justin Fields last year, or the after his rookie season, a lot of doubt that Justin Fields would make it. And now he's a top eight quarterback. Same thing with, with Jalen Hurts. Uh, Tua ascended, and he had doubters. Daniel Jones took him a while. He's ascended. I look at Jordan Love and Desmond Ritter, and I say, I would rather take the plus on top of Desmond Ritter over a Jordan Love. Do I think Jordan Love has a better chance of success? Maybe. Yeah, probably. I can, I can get behind that. But give me what Desmond Ritter has. Now, if Desmond Ritter's in Green Bay and Jordan Love's in Atlanta, I am all over Jordan Love, even at QB you know, 16, 17, 18 in that range. But I'd much rather take the plus plus and have a Desmond Ritter over a Jordan Love. Same thing with a, with a Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers or a Goff or a Derek Carr. Like I, I would trade those guys and take a chance on Desmond Ritter in, in his upside. Yeah, I like that. That makes sense. And that's a, a pretty good idea of like what other quarterbacks are around him. I can list them off here. I've got the um, Dynasty trade calculator rankings, which include values if you're a subscriber on the spreadsheet that's downloadable, printable, change the months, the years. It's awesome. Looking at this uh, rankings sheet, though, is he quarterbacks only, super flex values. Um, he's right around the likes of Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, like you said, Matthew Stafford. And then things start to get a little interesting. This is where maybe I kind of want to start to ask you like a follow-up question on your um, Desmond Ritter take here. So, so would, you, would you take him ahead of Brock Purdy? Like, you'd rather have yes. Ritter over Purdy? Yes. So you'd gladly trade away Purdy to get Ritter straight up one for one? Uh, I would. Yeah, same. So Matthew Stafford, yes. Yes. Uh, Mac Jones, I think you said yes. Yes. Um, and then it gets a little bit interesting. Uh, I, I kind of want to test your 
preferences here. The next one, which is the 24th ranked quarterback in Superflex values, um, down below Desmond Ritter, which is hanging out at 28th. Number 24 is Kenny Pickett. That gets a little interesting. I take Pickett. Uh, he's got the draft capital. He does have good weapons. I love the Steelers organization. I think he's safer. And Kenny Pickett is also a sneaky scrambler. He can get you those three or four points on the ground. Right? That's an extra touchdown. So I like Kenny Pickett over Desmond Ritter. Um, but then once you start going up above Kenny Pickett, those guys, like the next five or six guys, I'd rather have Desmond Ritter. I'd rather take a shot on yeah. Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, and Kenny Pickett over all of those guys. Yeah, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, and then up to Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And honestly, Jordan Love, Dana Jones. Yeah. Jared Goff is one guy that I think is very underrated. So it's not like I would just be chomping at the bit to get out from under Jared Goff. He's still 28 years old. Not like those other guys like Russ and Rodgers and Stafford and Geno Smith. Uh, those guys are in their 30s. I, I want the young guys, even Sam Howell. I, I've used Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter as two guys that I would have no issue acquiring where their value lies. Because Sam Howell is also a guy that can get you those three, four, five points on the ground. And they've had, yeah, they, they brought in a quarterback, but it feels like he's had the job majority of the offseason and everything that's come out of camp has been positive. So I'm good with Sam Howell too. In that same concept, I would trade those guys down for Sam Howell plus. You know, I would I would take a Desmond. I would take Geno Smith and get Desmond Ritter plus a second if I could do it, or Russell Wilson plus or and Desmond Ritter plus a second for a Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. I would do it for all those guys. You need to take a chance. If Ritter bombs. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, you you probably hurt your chances of competing. But if you can somehow have a situation where you have a QB1, let's say you have a, a top eight quarterback in Dynasty, and then you have these two middling guys, you have like a, a Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford as your 2-3, you should do everything in your power to move one of those guys for a Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter plus, or even just take them straight up and roll the dice. You need one of those guys to ascend into a legitimate high QB2, low QB1 for the next few years. And I don't think at this point, based on ages and just kind of their upside, I don't know if those guys have it for multiple years. Okay, so quarterback trade targets kind of landed on a twofer. Yep. Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. I think you can put them in the same bracket, like you said. A couple of uh, go-gets for you, pretty cheap. Uh, and just to give you a really quick idea of value comps in the calculator, when, uh, again, another one of my favorite things is you can pull up a player uh, in the calculator and then you can click on their name. It's a hyperlink. It'll pop open their player card. And within the player card are tabs in the top. One of the tabs is value comps. You can see what players are comparable to his value if you don't want to open up the full trade sheet. And it looks like currently Desmond Ritter's value in a Superflex is most comparable to a Miles Sanders, which is an interesting um, thing if you're looking at cross position mm -hmm. um, and then it shows that it's most comparable to uh, the 2023 111 um, yep. or 2024 mid first yeah and I think well 2024 mid first is a a little bit above Desmond Ritter but here's another like a, a Keenan Allen a Calvin Ridley if you can get somehow 
like an Amari Cooper, like those guys, I am more than comfortable trading an older receiver that still has value for a Desmond Ritter and take a chance on it. Yeah, it hurts your starting lineup for sure. But if you need a quarterback, I feel like you can find a way to replace that production. It'll it'll take you, I mean, it'll take a hit out of, out of your year this year, but if Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell hit, that changes the complexion of your dynasty team for years. There you go. All right, that was the quarterback position. Let's do running backs. Who do you got for dynasty by targets and running back? So this is actually interesting because I view dynasty running back targets as who I would pivot off of to drop down and pick up. For instance, if I'm looking at the dynasty running backs and I see like an Eckler and a Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins, like these guys that have pretty decent value at the position, Josh Jacobs is another one. I like the idea of trading down and picking up a running back that is in the same pocket of like a Damian Pierce or a Cam Akers. I like both of those guys as a drop down plus. So you get Damian Pierce or Cam Akers plus plus for those guys. If you can if you can somehow get a future first plus a Cam Akers for a Kenneth Walker or a Travis Etienne or a Josh Jacobs, I would do that and take and de-risk my running back portfolio. I think right now the way that the running back position is handled, as we've seen with these holdouts and just the NFL in general is telling you that they don't want to pay these running backs and the value just isn't there. You want to try to eliminate the unknowns as much as possible. And if you can take a first and put throw it in the hamper, right? And just kind of leave it there and cook and then be able to to get still productions out of a Damian Pierce or Cam Akers, even like an Alvin Kamara. If you want to go old to old, if you want to pivot off of an older running back, why not? Why not? Because if you want to go from Austin Eckler to Alvin Kamara, if you can get Alvin Kamara plus a first and giving up Austin Eckler, I would do that. Yeah, you're not going to get the Austin Eckler production, but you might be able to get 70, 75% of it. If Eckler gets hurt, you lose all of that value. So I will take the 70, you know, the 30% haircut off of the production in order to get some value insulation with that first down the road. So that's more of a not a single player, more of a positional concept. Strategy. Yeah. Um, even like Najee Harris is a good one. I I don't hate the idea of getting out of a Najee Harris and trying to go down to Rashad White plus. If you can get Rashad White plus for Najee Harris, I would look at doing that. Maybe you probably can't get a first in that situation, but you could probably get a second. I don't hate that at all. What about like, so you're, I'm looking at the rankings list running backs and you're kind of plopping all, all, all around these running backs for the sake of your strategy here. Yeah. The one that you didn't mention that's kind of mixed into that group uh, in that ranking tier is Alexander Madison. Do you kind of feel the same way about that? Like, are you pivoting that way too? Yeah, I, 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 I'm at this point with how running backs are in Dynasty. It feels like a cracked egg every time you hold the Dynasty running back. You're just waiting for the egg to just crack open. 
And you have the seams right now that are cracked inside of the sag. You're just waiting for the for it just to explode at this point. So I look at all of these players as two years tops. So if I'm going to go after a Madison, an Acres, or a Pierce, I'm really just saying that's a one year rental. I don't I don't have faith that those three guys will be starting running backs next year. Odds are an Austin Eckler, a Josh Jacobs. Um, a Kenneth Walker, not J.K. Dobbins, will likely be starting running backs for another year after this, maybe even two. But I'd rather remove that just in case. I'd rather remove the risk just in case and stockpile a pick. You still compete, but you're also backfilling your roster with talent at the same time. And I think that's where you what you can do with the running back position. You draft these running backs, you build up their value, you trade them down, you acquire a future first-round pick, and then you get a lesser running back, and you stole it. And that should be the vision. Jonathan Taylor is another good example of that. Like it, Once he signs, wherever he goes, I'm trying to trade Jonathan Taylor for player plus plus. I'd even go for after a, a Ramondre Stevenson. I'd even take a shot on him taking a first maybe a first and a second if you can squeeze it, or just a first and Ramondre for Jonathan Taylor. If Jonathan Taylor lands in Miami and people get hung up on the Mike McDaniel, and he's going to probably go batshit crazy in Miami, which is awesome. But I still want to get out from under that value. Once running backs hit that top five, I want to get out from under them if I can. Interesting. I mean, what if you have a surefire contender? Like, would you... You still like Aaron Aaron Jones is another guy. If you if you're yeah, you're a surefire contender, but if you take Christian McCaffrey and you trade him away for Aaron Jones plus a first, the drop off from McCaffrey to Aaron Jones, you might lose 30% of your production. But I'd rather have Aaron and Christian McCaffrey's been banged up. You lose all of that production. You just get it's insurance. It's continually stockpiling insurance policies. It doesn't hurt your chances of success, yes. But what I've talked about several times on these shows is that if you look at the production drop-off in a starting lineup, if one position, if you are taking your running backs and instead of getting you know, 20 points a game, you're getting 16 points a game, that four points does hurt you. But the impact that that four points has isn't as great of a, as an effect on your team is you having a future first round pick to be able to replace all of that value in the future. Like I'm very much in the, I want to win. I want to create a dynasty. I want to win or compete for four or five. I want to always be competing. How do I continually refresh my competition? Because the the variables of injuries and just luck in general, you can't control. What you can control is continually bolstering your team and making sure it's always ready to compete. If you hang on for, to Christian McCaffrey too long or an Austin Eckler too long, you lose. You deflate that balloon. You lose all of that value. You can't. You can no longer replace that value with a first round pick, right? So you just don't want to hold on to the bag too long. So I'm trying to get out from under the bag. If you do hold on to like a like a Derrick Henry, for example, this is a really good example. Derrick Henry at this point is a guy you just write out because the amount of production he's going to give you relative to the value that you're going to get back isn't there. But you can say with a McCaffrey and an Eckler, you can get plenty of value back 
to offset the production. Okay, um, now I got one. I'm going to challenge you. So, like, I like the rule in general. I'm looking at all a lot of the players, you know, a lot of the mm-hmm. running backs in the top 5'10", and just kind of, like, trying to apply that rule to them. The one that obviously stands out that's kind of a, a little bit different, maybe an outlier, mm-hmm. is rookie running back Bijan Robinson. Like, you... He's made it to the he's the, the number one overall running back valued in Dynasty. He hasn't yep. taken a single regular season snap. Yep. And he's the the Dynasty running back one by far and away, maybe by even like a first like a first round pick. A late first round pick would be the value difference between Bijan and the next running back which is Christian McCaffrey. Uh which is crazy. Um it's not very close. Right. So Izzy, does your rule apply to Bijan? Would you be looking at getting out from under Bijan and diversifying your portfolio before the guy's even taken a snap? I'm okay holding on to Bijan because of the value insulation. So if Bijan get let's say Bijan goes out week one and tears his ACL. There's no there's no issue there. You lose the production, which sucks, but Bijan, when he comes back, is still worth pretty much the same thing. He's still gonna be the RB one in Dynasty. As we saw with Brees Hall, Brees Hall had solid performances and then tore his ACL, and he's currently, you can make the argument, he could be as high as RB3, even with Dalvin Cook there. So, But he's still a top five running back. That's with Dalvin Cook there. So there is value insulation with these rookie running backs that I'm okay holding on to. But outside of Bijan, outside of Brees, he's second year guy, outside of Jameer Gibbs, um, those three guys, I think, have value insulation, even if they are dealt another injury. Brees definitely is more at risk because now it becomes an injury-prone tag. But with Gibbs and, and Bijan specifically, no matter what happens to them outside of really, really poor performance, they're going to be where they are in Dynasty in terms of value within a few value points going into next year. Okay. And we saw it with Najee. Like Najee had that monster year, just all volume. And then he had a really crappy year. And he still has damn near top 12 RB valuation. Yep, that's impressive. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, Jameer Gibbs was the running back six in Dynasty, Bijan number one. So those that rule just can't apply to those rookies. No, like I wouldn't the, do it with the rookies. Uh, anomaly. Yeah. yeah, guys that are close, that are in their second contract or close to the end of their first contract is who I'd be comfortable dumping. Okay, so that was your running back kind of like trade strategy, trade target strategy. Yep. Do you want to do specific names or should we switch to wide receiver? Let's go wide receiver. Yep. Next up, wide receiver, dynasty trade targets. What do you got for uh, dynasty buys? So, interestingly, I kind of want to do the same thing at receiver for a few of the old guys in replacement for one specific player. And that one, I'm going to let you guess who I'd be tearing down to from tier one to tier two or even tier three. Can you guess the player that I'd probably be targeting? Um, Do you have, it's only one player that you're targeting? Well, one player that you're still securing high volume. Um, a couple of guesses. You know me. If you know me, who am I picking? You know, I'm, I was thinking it was Deontay. It was my Correct. knee jerk. So yeah. that is a good knee jerk. So if I have a Stefan Diggs, a Devonte Adams, a Cooper Cup, um, though even even a Tyreek Hill, 
if I have those guys that are 29 and 30 years old, I would try to take them and trade down to acquire Deontay Johnson plus something solid. And the reason why I want to do that is, once again, same concept. I put a couple shots in the barrel, a couple bullets in the barrel, and I get out from underneath these guys before they all lose value. So with Tyreek, with Cup, with Adams, with Stephon Diggs, no matter what they do in 2023, their value is going down. Mm-hmm. So in Deontay Johnson, we know is going to get volume. He's he's getting a top five volume share like he has since he's been a thing. For Deontay Johnson, the issue last year was he didn't get the touchdowns, which is a variable that we can't control. Like you, you just you don't want to include that anything. You go after volume, and Deontay Johnson gets it. So you're getting the volume of those guys without the value of those guys. So I want to pivot off of those older guys and go after Deontay Johnson, who's 27, and I can still pick up a couple years of production. Plus, now I've stowed a couple bullets in the bag as well. So that's a strategy I'd be going with. Another, so there's a few guys that I really like. One is I really like Jahan Dotson as a value. I think he could be the wide receiver one in Washington as soon as this year, especially with Terry McLaurin now dealing with a with an injury that will probably linger the first quarter of the season. I love that as a buy. I I actually am starting to like out of the rookies. If you're looking to pivot to a rookie, Zay Flowers as a buy. In that offense, it's lower volume, but based on what I'm seeing and the pre, it looks like Zay Flowers is going to be an integral piece of that puzzle almost immediately. Rashad Bateman's oft injured. OBJ, I think, is near washed. You have Mark Andrews who gets banged up. Zay Flowers could be the top target option maybe towards the back half of the season, but I think going into next year, you got a really good shot with Zay Flowers. Um, Elijah Moore, more in that deeper tier. So guys that are probably only worth second round picks. Love Elijah Moore. I think that's a buy. The only guy that's ahead of him that has real requisite talent is Amari Cooper. And... I've I've never viewed Amari Cooper as a true bona fide one. I think he's a really, really good two that's always been forced into wide receiver one roles. And I'm not saying that Elijah Moore is a wide receiver one, but I think he could be the top target getter in Cleveland if he's as good as he looked year one in New York as a rookie. And then right now, Sky Moore is is the guy that I would be targeting the most based on value. And the reason why I want to go after Sky Moore is they have the equity put into him and he has very little competition to be the wide receiver one in KC. Now, sure, Kelsey's the the wide receiver one technically, but the next man up is wide open. So you could be going after a, a Rice, who's a rookie. You could be going after... Uh, you definitely don't want to go after MVS. But if you look at Sky Moore, he actually had the most snaps in the preseason with Pat Mahomes. 
And that tells you he's clearly an integral piece of that offense this year. I'm kind of following the tea leaves on this and saying they invested in him. He's playing with Mahomes the most. He's gotten good reviews out of camp, but I feel like 90% of the players are, so you got to take that with a grain of salt. But the way that he succeeds, I can see them finding a high-volume role for him because Kadarius Tony can't stay healthy. So what they had planned for Kadarius Tony, I think they're saying, well, we this guy can't stay healthy. We're, we're probably going to have to do the same. We're just going to do what we were planning on with Tony with Sky Moore. So I think he's very undervalued, underappreciated. I think Justin Ross and Sky Moore could be the one and two by the end of the season, which is wild to think. But if I'm bold predictioning, which we'll probably do next week, a bold prediction of mine is Justin Ross and Sky Moore will be the one and two by the end of the season in that KC offense. Wow. So Justin Ross should be uh, maybe on your list. No, of- Justin, Ross is, Justin Ross is definitely a buy. But I feel like the people that have Justin Ross already in on Justin Ross. Like I've picked up Justin Ross in a lot of leagues. Whoever has him picked him up because they are enamored with upside. And I'm, tra- I'm going after upside all the time. And Ross and Moore are the ones with the upside in that offense at the receiver position. Do you know Justin Ross has like one of the coolest headshots on the calculator? Isn't that sick? Yeah, it's nice. Man, it makes me want to acquire him just for that. Yeah. There are a, a lot of guys that I think you could target as like, I think Nico Collins is another guy. He could legitimately be the wide receiver one in Houston, and he's looked really good. We've been talking about, I've been talking about Nico Collins since last year, if you remember us on the podcast. You could add Nico Collins for a, a third or fourth round pick several times during the course of the season. And now he's, a, he's gone up to a second round value, and he could be, he is the wide receiver one right now as it stands in Houston. And, you're, and all you're having to give up is, pretty low value. He's in the same territory as a Brandon Cooks, as a, I mean, obviously Michael Thomas is a little bit higher. You got the Curtis Samuels, you got the Jaden Reeds. You got him in that range. But I think you can take a shot on Nico Collins. And same thing with Romeo Dubs. I think you can take a shot on him. He could be the wide receiver one in Green Bay over Christian Watson. If things play out in his favor, Christian Watson could be the deep target. And Romeo is more of the volume getter in the interme- short to intermediate range. I can see that happening. Once again, low low risk, high reward, I feel like, with those guys. So I'm trying to find guys that could be legitimate wide receiver ones on a team that doesn't have a lot of talent at the position. That makes sense. I like that. Um, we can keep going down the path of wide receiver. I can maybe um, give you some value comps for some of these guys that you've already listed off. Just so uh, listeners have an idea of where, what kind of value they'd need to offer to acquire people like these. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, Izzy, I do want to say quickly that it might make sense for us to have separate episodes. Let's do, this is all Dynasty buys. So really quick, uh, Jahan Dotson, one of the first ones that was mentioned, valued in the calculator at 18.1. And I think that would probably be really close to uh, a mid first next year. I think a mid first is uh, is like 20. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 20.5. So pretty close to that. Um, so it'd probably take maybe like a late first 
to acquire Jahan, right? Like if you wanted to acquire him, you'd you'd have to probably pay up. Yeah, a late first. A first, yeah. A first we get it done. If you're a really bad yep. team, I wouldn't do it. But if you're a contending team, in now listen, I don't trade first. If I could try to do it for a player, I'd rather do that. I don't like trading my first, as you've known me in all these leagues. That's yeah, my insurance policy. Work. I like having the insurance policy. And as you've seen me with my teams, I've always been able to build consistent contenders while retaining first-round picks every single year. So you don't have to give up your first-round picks to contend. Your season implodes on you. You got your get-out-of-jail-free cards, a player that you could add to your stable that could help you make a push for the following year. So Jahan Dotson for a late first, mid first, I don't love it. Like if you have multiple firsts, sure. But you got to go into the season and into the next draft with a first. Now you can trade a first come draft time for a player that you really like in that current draft class. But I don't like trading them now for a player. Yeah, so when we're kind of going through these value comps, that's probably what he's worth, like in that in that range. But yeah. maybe offer a player in that value tier, and not not your pick. You don't need to do that. So Debo Samuel, I wouldn't mind trading Debo Samuel for Jahan Dotson plus a little filler. I like it. Yep, hundred percent. Um, uh, for Zay Flowers, I wouldn't mind. I talked about a little bit Terry McLaurin for Zay Flowers. Um, for Elijah Moore, I would do Mike Evans straight up. I'd even trade his teammate, Amari Cooper. I'd do Amari Cooper for Elijah Moore straight up. For for Sky Moore, if I can get Sky Moore for like a Juju, I would. I would take the chance. I would try to get Sky Moore plus a little something for a Juju. Yeah. If you can do Tyler Lockett straight up, I would do that. Jameson Williams, I would honestly. If I can get Sky Moore plus a second for Jamison Williams, I would give up Jamison Williams. So there's a few ideas for you, but uh, one of my leagues that I have Amari Cooper, kind of starting to flip this league, I'm rebuilding it. Um, so I might just go in there and uh, offer Amari Cooper to acquire Elijah Moore. There you go. Probably the one that I would probably try, and I've tried it already in a league. But if I can trade AJ Brown. For Devonta Smith. So if I can get Smith in a first for AJ Brown, I would rather have Smith in a first. There you go. Wow. I would try I would try that in every league I had AJ Brown. You get two years younger and you could legitimately have a split production this year with those two guys. Fair enough. All right. I'm about to send this offer right now. Maybe during the course of the podcast, I'll get an answer on this trade. Okay. Trading away Mari, getting Elijah Moore. Live updates. I like that. Um, question. Is the Elijah Moore owner a contender? Uh, let's see. Yes. Okay. Mahomes and Derek Carr. Running backs are like Alvin Kamara, Bijan. Mm. Yeah, so he's he's uh he's a contender, yes. Okay. I think you got a shot there. All right, let's see how it goes. All right. So tight end, I really just have one main one that I really like. And oh, can I try to guess again? Y- yes. I'm gonna pull open the tight end rankings on DynastyTradeCalculator.com and take a look at the list here. 
I know you liked uh, Fryermuth last year as a buy, and he's made his way up into the front, so he's probably too high up for you to want to say that about. I know you like Dalton Kincaid as a rookie, um, but I'm not sure that your buy take would be on a rookie tight end um, that has, is already in the top 10. Let's see. David Njoku could be a possibility. I'm going to say Njoku. It is, it is not Njoku. Do you wanna do you want another guess? Yeah, one more. Okay. Let's just guess that it 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 is a rookie, and we'll say it is Sam Laporta. It is not. So it's Greg Dulcich. Okay. So I think right now you look at the news that's come out, you know, Sean Payton's there. You have the news of Adam Troutman being the tight end one and Greg Dulcich is the tight end two and all that. And what it reminds me of a lot is when players with dynasty guys thought that Hayden Hurst was going to be the tight end one in that Baltimore offense over Mark Andrews when they drafted both of them at the same time. Um, And Hayden Hurst was drafted before Mark Andrews, but it was quickly realized that Mark Andrews was the better of the two in the receiving game. And that's what Troutman and Dulcich are in this Denver offense. So Dulcich had a very, he had an elite yards per route run last year as a rookie. And with Judy being hurt, with Tim Patrick being out for the season, it is now Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims. They need a tight end that can actually make plays. And that's Greg Dulcich and not Adam Troutman. My bold prediction, I'm not going to get into it now, but Greg Dulcich will be in my bold prediction segment next week as a piece of this. But I have no doubts in my mind that Greg Dulcich will be a tight end one, a top, and I think that he'll be a top 10 tight end this year and a big part of that Broncos offense. Jeez, pretty bold. Yeah, I would take him in, in Dynasty. I'd rather have, I'd take him over, I'd take the risk. With him over in Evan Ingram, a Michael Mayer. Um, honestly, Darren Waller for Dulcich Plus, I would be looking to do. Same thing with George Kittle. Like, George Kittle is, is a stud, but he's always banged up. I don't hate the idea of going Dulcich Plus a first for a George Kittle. I don't know if I could do anything. I don't know if I could do anything with. Dulcich, I've got him pulled up on my screen, and he's a kind of a goofy-looking guy. He's like if uh, Weird Al Yankovic had a baby with uh, LMFAO. <laughs> I can see that. That's actually a pretty good comp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, he's probably more talented than those aforementioned, but man, he's he's a goofy-looking guy. I I really I really like him. I I think he's gonna boom this year. I really do. Okay. I like that. That's the one tight end by. Do you got what about kickers and defense? You got any kickers and defense? I do not have any kickers and defense. <laughs> I do not. I mean, Jawan Johnson, if you want like a really sleeper tight end, I think New Orleans could use Jawan Johnson quite a bit, and he's worth very little. Trey McBride is a shot in the dark. I don't love the quarterbacks throwing to him, but they also have an issue with pass catchers. It's Marquise Brown, it's Michael Wilson right now at the top two with. Herb's coming off that knee injury, still coming back. It'd probably take him a while to get up to speed. Trey McBride could be a weapon in that offense. 
Okonkwo, Dulcich, and McBride are probably the three guys that I've been trying to acquire most. Jake Ferguson is the free bingo square that I've been picking up along the way. I have less faith that Jake Ferguson could descend into a, you know, a tight end one. He's he's your super, super dark horse. Very unlikely that he ends up being a, a tight end one throughout his career, but He's a free bingo square. He's going to cost you near nothing to acquire, and he could hit. Very nice. Pretty deep for the tight end position. Not bad. Um, I think that's pretty good. Uh, Do you agree you with any of that? Out of curiosity, do you agree or disagree with any of those names? I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the. It's really hard for me to have a very strong opinion about somebody's take on a tight end. To be completely honest with you, because it's a. Uh, Unless you're in like a super premium tight end, you know, tight end premium league or something, it's uh, even even with tight end premium scoring leagues, I'm just like I'm. It's just not an exciting position. It's like great, you're giving me double points per reception from tight end position, but it's still like we're getting excited about a guy who's going to get 65 receptions this year, you know. So anyway, what I'm getting at, bottom line, sure, those are good. <laughs> so let me ask you a question: Out of all the things that we, all the guys that I'd mentioned and talked about. Do you, what do you disagree with or agree with the most? Oh, how about this? Um, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll make my own questions uh, about all the things that we covered. So I would say that the one, and I, I made it very clear too, the one that I was most inspired by out of all the buys and sells, well, I'd say there's two, a tie for two, um, Jonathan Taylor. And I think th- this, this comes with a, a bit of bias because I'm using my own dynasty rosters that I have, you know, these players on, but. The Jonathan Taylor one, like the the whole strategy about getting out from under high valued running backs, uh, minus the you know the exception of rookies. So I'm, I'm kind of inspired to make a move before the season with him, but I, I kind of want to wait till the news drops that the you know he's signed by the Dolphins or whatever, and wait for some buzz. Hundred yeah. um, percent. The other one that I was uh, most inspired by is the Elijah Moore um for amari cooper and it's kind of crazy that elijah moore's values kind of uh definitely ticked up since uh i would say the the early preseason um but i was inspired to make that one because here i am sitting on amari cooper and i need to make a move because i am rebuilding so that's a it's a nice flex yes if you can get that done that'd be that'd be awesome be a good pivot and when it comes to like these buys that we're giving and you are taking a chance right you're you're taking the you're you're putting luck and, and fortune into into play, but if but that's why you you insure it with picks on top of it. If you can get picks on top of it, there's always insurance policies that you could fall back on later on. That's where you can get the Amon Rasane Browns, right? These second round picks that you just you need to you need to get lucky in Dynasty to be really good. If your strategy and your philosophy is sound, that's how you create a dynasty. We get fixated on trying to get players right. Nobody is good enough at that. It's like sports betting. Like if you're shooting 55% on your sports betting, you're an elite sports better. And the same thing with player eval. Like you have scouts across the entire league that have been doing this their entire lives, multiple scouts on teams, and they blow pick after pick after pick because there isn't, it's no perfect science and nobody your edge is trying to be 55-45 instead of 50-50. That's your edge. And we get so fixated on player evaluation. And I listen to this dynasty analyst because he gives me player evaluation. And 
he hit on a guy and it made me look and it helped my team a lot, but he's probably missed on several guys along the way, right? But we remember the ones that hit. But if you have a sound philosophy that you instill into all your dynasty um, strategy across the board, that's how you eliminate the risk of getting player evaluation wrong. So do you think you're going to be batting 55% on these players this uh, this year? It doesn't, like for me, I feel good about trying to replace production at a cheaper price to acquire additional insurance policies, aka bucks. Yeah. And yep, that makes sense. For me, it's like, yeah, these old these older guys that still have value, I know for sure that within a year or two, those values are deflated. So why not? What is the real risk? What the only risk that you're losing is that you're losing three or four points out of your starting lineup with that player being out of it replaced by somebody else. And I can tell you, if you look at how many games come down to three or four points throughout the course of your season, you'll be surprised at how little four points actually matters on a week-to-week basis. Especially now you're isolating it on a random week in week 16. The one that we had always talked about, I think you remember this conversation, it was uh, when C.D. Lamb was a rookie and Keenan Allen was still a wide receiver one. Um, there was somebody on Twitter that traded Keenan Allen for CD Lamb straight up. And I kind of jumped in and said, that's why you should never do that. You never, you never try to buy a championship. You never try to add three or four points in your starting lineup. And the difference was five points or five or six points. I can't remember exactly, but Keenan Allen was outscoring CD Lamb by about five or six points, which is a touchdown a week. That's huge. But when you isolate it into one week, two week, or three week period, the odds of that actually mattering are very, very low. So what he he did, he made that trade. And then I said, okay, do me a favor. Check. And he made it in like week 10. So he had six or seven weeks with Keenan Allen for CD Lamb exchanged. He tracked it. Not a single week did Keenan Allen and CD Lamb trade benefit him. He didn't win a game because of that trade. And he didn't lose a game because of that trade. It had zero impact whatsoever. He just and then lost the following, value. and he just lost a ton of value doing it. So I'm giving up the player that I know is going to lose value. I'm giving up the three or four points, but the hope is that I position that into a player that may be getting me three or four points, but there's a chance that that player could only make that one or two points, and then I've stowed an insurance policy. Yeah. It's a good process. Um, I think that's a really good spot to stop too. So I think we'll we'll cut it off there. And I think uh, like Izzy mentioned earlier in the podcast, a lot of these guys that are being mentioned in this one are probably going to make appearances in our next week's Bold Predictions podcast. Um, hopefully we have some sort of exciting guest or we never... Well, I guess we, we've had Matt Kelly a few times in the past and uh, Dynasty Rich. So maybe we'll have to tap into the network and see see what bites. Maybe we'll bring Rich in. Maybe we'll bring a rich in. We'll, we'll fly him down to Vegas. We'll yeah. do it live. Well, there you go. Uh, so like we said, check out that podcast coming out in a week after this one gets published. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at FF Dynasty Trades. And that's the main handle. You can find the rest of us using going to that one, I think, maybe. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.